Arguments about nothing is brought to you by the song September, which has been stuck in my head for days now. Welcome back to Arguments About Nothing. I'm Shelby Samsel. I'm Hannah Bennett. Uh, and we are so excited about fall, guys. Just so pumped. Basically, we just spent the last, I don't know, 30 minutes just talking about fall-related things and how much we can't wait to do them. What is your fall favorite fall soup, everyone? Send us a message. I really just want soup ideas. Yeah, we need recipes. Preferably recipes that aren't too difficult uh, for me. You can send more advanced ones to Shelby. <laughs> yeah. So please send advanced recipes to me, easy recipes to Hannah. And we're, I wish I had thought about this earlier and I could have tried to make it like a fall themed question episode. I did not do that. Oh, okay. The way that you started off with big fall energy, I just assumed you had. <laughs> no, I'm just riding a high right now, frankly. Aren't we all? Yeah. We've, we've had like a couple of days that were like 72 degrees here and we're just we're we're just in the best moods we've been in all year, I think. So. Yeah, it's the the weather recently has been truly chef's kiss. So, yeah, I'm I'm just glad that it seems like the 95% humanity, 95 degree days seem to be behind us. Thank God. And now in front of us, we have a whole fall full of, well, I was going to say coffee, but Shelby's not into that. Candy, Gross. though, for sure. I do like candy. Uh, I and like candy. related things. I like hot cider. Yes. Uh, I like hot chocolate, but I do associate that more with winter. Also controversial. Maybe this is our first hard-hitting question. Is hot chocolate a fall drink? Discuss. Hot chocolate is, to me, hot chocolate starts in December. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I am a monster and drink hot chocolate (laughs) year-round. Yeah, you had some at brunch the other day. Oh, yeah. I And it was like 80 degrees that day, too. So I am a monster. I said what I said. It's so imba- so I don't drink coffee, which, you know, OG listeners of this podcast may know. I don't like caffeine very much. And yes, I know chocolate has caffeine in it, but it has a tolerable amount of caffeine in it. And so when I am very tired and need a little pick-me-up in the morning, I go hot chocolate with, at like a five-year-old. And very embar- embarrassingly, earlier this summer, I went to brunch with some friends and this was in New Jersey, and everyone else got, like, black coffee, and I was like, I guess I'll get a hot chocolate, and this hot chocolate was served to me like it was a Sunday, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literal huge dollop of whipped cream, sprinkles, like, <laughs> like ribbons of chocolate syrup on it in this like very large and ornate glass like it came in this like chalice almost (laughs) on top of a plate because it was like drenched in this chocolate syrup and there wasn't room on the table for my actual meal because (laughs) it was so big and I was like I am humiliated this is humiliating this is so crazy that you were humiliated by that when literally everybody else around the table was secretly so jealous of you 
who sees us like a mountain of whipped cream on some hot chocolate and doesn't wish that that was theirs yeah i i was still embarrassed i gotta admit um just because i feel like adulthood is associated with everything that i don't like and i was gonna say (laughs) all of the drinks i don't like but then I thought about it harder, and it's just everything. It's I don't. everything. <laughs> it's, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like coffee, I don't like alcohol, and I don't like paying bills. So, really, what else is there to adulthood than that? Listeners, let That's me know. That's the big three. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah, truly. Um, anyway, do we have a Kate's Corner t- this week? Do we want to explain what the show is? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's start there. Sure. Let's start there. <laughs> So if you've never listened to Arguments About Nothing before, we are a podcast that takes ridiculous hypothetical situations and we discuss them seriously, as if they are something, when they are very clearly nothing, as you might have guessed from the first four minutes of this show. Yes. Um, And we usually kick things off with Kate's Corner. Uh, Kate, our beloved little sister... Uh, my little sister, Hannah's little sister, your little sister, America's little sister. But mostly my little sister. But mostly Hannah's little sister. I'll give her that much. They do share a certain amount of DNA. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Kate's great at coming up with questions. Um, So we decided to give her her own little corner. Uh, Kate's question this week for Kate's corner is... Would you rather only be able to wear the color chartreuse for the rest of your life or only allowed to wear incredibly ugly sneakers for the rest of your life? So chartreuse is like a gross green color, right? Yeah, it's like an almost like a neon like lemon lime green. I feel like yellow, it's a yellow green. I feel like it's split pea soup green. Oh, I thought it was sort of like bright yellow, yellow green. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you're right. It's yeah, it's kind of like lemon, like almost like neon. lemon lime. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's an incredibly unflattering color, but particularly on someone like me who has this good old German Irish skin, um, it is it is not flattering. I didn't realize you were German Irish. Uh, my mom's side is German and Irish. My dad's side is British. Okay. Thus the, the Bennett. Got it. That's what I thought. I am German, Irish, German on my dad's side, Irish on my mom's side. Um, ah. A little Scots-Irish, if you will. Right. This is an interesting, so it's ugly sneakers or lime green all the time? Yeah, it's like incredibly ugly sneakers or this ugly or your clothes are this ugly chartreuse color all the time. And I want to say for the sneakers, I was trying to think about like, what does it mean by ugly sneakers? I mean, I think it it means like big clunky sneakers, like running shoes that are beat up, ugly colors, beat up, ugly colors. I mean, maybe what maybe it's like chartreuse and fuchsia or something yeah i mean you don't need to make this the the sneakers sound worse than it is because i have to go chartreuse unfortunately yeah for the rest of my life like i can't wear sneakers to somebody's wedding yeah okay i thought that that might be your uh like that might be your argument yeah like you if you get like very well tailored well constructed garments that are chartreuse 
and you just lean into that as your personal aesthetic, fine. I think you can make it work for at least more occasions than you, like, I don't think I could make those sneakers work in any setting other than going to the gym or, like, going on a walk, you know? Like, job interviews, weddings, like, neither option is good, but at least I wouldn't feel disrespectful. You know, like, if you're wearing chartreuse all the time, you're, like, a little kooky. If you're wearing gross sneakers all the time, you've, like, become disrespectful. Like, there's nothing you can do to make up for that in your outfit. I very much see your point that the sneakers are more more of a problem for, like, yes, you can have sort of lovely chartreuse dresses made and still go to fancy occasions. But the problem with the chartreuse is... It's more than just being a little kooky, right? For one thing, you're always in an unflattering color, which means you basically, you look bad every day. I don't care how well tailored, at least for me, I don't care how well tailored that dress is. It's going to look bad on me by virtue of being chartreuse. So basically, you're trading in, I, I probably go to two to three fancy things per year in which it would be really frowned upon. I mean, like, really frowned upon to wear sneakers versus every single day of your life feeling uncomfortable and unflattered in all of your clothes. I just don't like the idea of how it would impact my work. I think I could, like, get through a business meeting in chartreuse Every business meeting, though. Your your coworkers know you as the person who only wears the hideously ugly. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just one day, you know. See, maybe I just like chartreuse more than you do. Because I just looked up the color. And it is like just like a neon lime green sort of situation. Which is not great, certainly. But like, I think I could... I'm also a copywriter. So like people expect me to be like creative and kooky and stuff so I'm, I just feel like I could lean into the sort of like Miss Frizzle eccentricity and yeah. you know like make but some I- sort of lore about being an artist or something or like you know not being afraid to stand out I kind of feel that I mean I get that but I kind of feel like you could do the same thing with the shoes though like the the shoes are your quirky thing you're your quirky, artistic, Miss Frizzle thing. I don't know. The shoes to me in like a professional setting would come off as like disres- Have you ever heard of, um, what is his face? Uh, the Facebook guy. The, the Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah. So have you ever heard of Mark Zuckerberg's uh, fuck you flip-flops? No. <laughs> so like, I don't know if this is true or just like lore that was created by the social network movie but like the idea is that he would wear flip-flops to every business meeting as kind of a fuck you like a power play got it that sounds appropriate like that sounds like something he would do yeah uh i think it's something that men could pull off in a way that women would not i just think that women in the workplace are judged so strongly by their uh appearance that it would be really hard to pull off as a woman I don't know. I just feel like it would be easier for me to feel confident in an uh, like an insane color than in sneakers. And like just, inappropriate footwear. Yeah. I just I would feel really self-conscious. Um, and you're probably right with enough confidence 
you can pull off anything. I, I truly believe that. If you walk into a room and you own it, you own it. Uh, I just think for me it would be easier to own an ugly color than it would be to own, like, shoes. Yeah. I mean, it, we'll start with I don't walk into any rooms and own them. So that's not that's not my starting point. But, like, I think for me, so I maybe I'm just very lucky because – I work in publishing, and so the dress code there, people just wear jeans and sneakers and T-shirts, and that's not – you're not expected to wear super professional things in the office. So I have worn sneakers into the office for many years just because they're comfortable to wear. Hopefully yeah. not incredibly ugly ones, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some people did think they were ugly. I didn't really care yeah. because they were offices where that wasn't an issue. Yeah. Um, I can see them being an issue, but I feel like, okay, so maybe a few days a year for important events, I have to wear a super long maxi dress that goes all the way down uh. to the ground and covers my feet. And maybe it'll slip out a little, but people won't notice that much. And if anybody asks me, I can say, oh, you know what? I have this problem with my knee and I can't wear nice shoes right now so you know I'm sorry I, I had to cover them up um, and just pretend I'm injured and that's why I had to wear sneakers and people would forgive me and that would only be like a few times a year and the rest of the year I could wear clothes that I actually felt were flattering and different colors and prints I mean I think part of this is I just don't want to give up my dinosaur dress and I'm but are you down are you down to wear your dinosaur dress with ugly sneakers? Because I think part of this for me is like I wear dresses almost every day and I yeah. do not like wearing my dresses with sneakers like other than like a kid's situation. But like a running shoe would make me feel uncomfortable. To be fair, I wouldn't I wouldn't normally. I would always just wear kids or flats or something, but they are comfortable. <laughs> So, you know, yeah. it would just be me having to, it would be like people would have to get used to it. And like you said, I'd have to kind of lean into it. I kind of have to own it and be like, this is my thing that, that, yeah. that I wear. And I don't think it would be any less comfortable for me to do that than it would be to wear full body chartreuse, <laughs> you know, like that's the other thing. To me, it's really weird to wear one color full body like you have to wear a chartreuse dress or like pants and shirt and like you're running like everything that you own has to be chartreuse yeah I don't that doesn't bother me I don't know like have you ever do you follow humans of New York yeah so well, they I've seen the books and stuff yeah, well, I follow them, and they have, like, interviewed people, like, multiple people, like, older women who have just decided that they're only wearing one color, and they, like, own it from head to toe. Like, they have, like, neon, like, I think one of them did kind of chartreuse, like, a neon green, and they, this woman just, like, dyed her hair neon green, like, wears neon green from head to toe, and I'm, like, like, I l thought her style was cool. Like, she looked cool to me. I, so, I feel like older women can get away with that more easily, though. Like they, it's easier for them to be eccentric and kooky and and wild like that when you're an older woman and you kind of don't have to give any any more fucks. But I'm still a dating younger woman, 
who has to, I, I would I would feel more comfortable going on a date wearing jeans and a nice top and ugly sneakers than I would in like a full head to toe chartreuse getup. Personally, yeah, I disagree. I I would feel like. <laughs> I would just lean into like being a very avant-garde person. So, but I'm not an avant-garde person. Yeah, that's fine. You know I think I think we're just different people on this one. Like they- nothing you have said to me was particularly uh, compelling. <laughs> yeah, I-, I mean, I think this is just like a difference of like personality where it's like I feel like I could feel elegant in chartreuse. Oh, I just do not, I hardcore do not feel like I could feel elegant in chartreuse. Yeah, and like on the days where I like want to be comfortable, like I don't really care what color I'm wearing. If you ever got some lingerie, though, it would have to be chartreuse. That doesn't bother me. I'll turn the <laughs> lights off. It's pre- like anytime someone's going to be looking at me in lingerie, it's going to be dark. The the day that probably would bother me the most is my wedding day. Sure. I would prefer not to get married in a chartreuse dress. Um, but I would also prefer not to get married in ugly sneakers. But your your dress can cover up those ugly sneakers. You're right. Like on the if if this question was on your wedding day, would you rather wear chartreuse or ugly sneakers? I would pick the ugly sneakers and just go with a long dress. But it's every other day, you know. All right. Well, uh, I don't think we're going to convince the other. So let's move on to your questions. Wait, let, k- listeners, let's kick it to you. Let, let us know which one you think, because we are should, a house divided on this one. You should put up one of those polls. So yeah, listeners, I'll put, be on the lookout for a poll. Yeah. Okay. I wrote these like uh, a week ago, so I don't remember them anymore. Excellent. I have, I could not tell you a single question that is written in my notes right now. Um, so I'm glad about that because usually I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage in that I've never heard the questions before. So now we'll be on even playing field. It's like great. truly, truly an even playing field. <laughs> so you find out that you are secretly a princess to a small country in Europe. Would you come forward and claim your throne? Or would you continue to live in anonymity? So Princess Diaries sort is of, me. Yeah. Is me. Yeah, basically. You are Mia, a minuet. Genovia, is that what it was called? Yeah. So some small European country that is not real. Yeah. Akin to like Monaco or something. Right. Or yeah. like Slovenia or something like that. You know, like not a major power you're not going to have as much focus on you as like the british monarchy uh but like obviously i also assume that there's a prime minister so it's not like you are actually a head of state you're not going to be like doing the political end of the spectrum um you will if you claim the throne you would be a very 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 wealthy figurehead you know what i i I want to say yes. I don't think I would like the attention. I don't think I would like the sort of fame, yeah. the tabloids. But I I think I would. Like, it's more interesting than anything I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you know, 
I could use an adventure. I don't yeah. I don't think I would turn down the fact that I would also be in I would just be intensely curious. Somehow yeah. I've been a long lost princess, so I would I would need to know about like my country of origin, my family of origin, how did this happen? This is a whole Anastasia thing that I would need to dig into. I don't know. It feels like an opportunity maybe to make a difference. That's true. That is true. You know, I wouldn't be living in a small apartment in Jersey anymore. I'd be, (laughs) oh, live in a castle. I mean, there's benefits. So I feel like I would, I feel like I would do it. And then if I ended up hating it, I would be like, I abdicate. (laughs) Going back to New York. (laughs) That's interesting because I didn't even consider the idea that you could abdicate. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Um, I was already looking for my exits for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah. I Well, the thing is, I don't think I would do it. I don't think I would claim the throne. Really? Which is shocking because usually I'm like, what will give me the most money? Let's do yeah. that. Yeah. I thought you uh, for, for sure would say yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weirdly, I don't think I would. Um, I would love the money. Don't get me wrong. I would love the money, but I don't think I'm a princess, basically. Like, I don't wear... (laughs) I just, like, don't... If it would be... I guess I don't know really what it's like to be a princess, but I'm assuming that, like, I would have to be, like, very prim and proper and, like, really mind my P's and Q's, and I couldn't, like yell about republicans on the internet anymore because like to be a royal you're supposed to be very politically neutral and like not really tip your hand either way about like causes and stuff and i don't to me it would be like almost like hush money like i don't think i could accept like this lavish luxurious life if it required me to be quiet about politics that mattered to me your your Monaco though you know it's not like yeah. you're like a world power it okay so you come out and you say like I hate Trump nobody cares if the princess of Monaco hates Trump they care if you know Angela Merkel hates Trump and she totally does by the way but yeah yeah I mean it's I, I just like don't you know don't have enough power to be a problem I just feel like the like the prime minister of my country would be like shut up like, I have to do the negotiating with these people. Then just say, shut up right back. You're the you're the fucking queen of the, of the country. If you want to wear chartreuse every day, you get to. And, and if you can make everybody else. You could change the flag to chartreuse. I, yeah, I mean, I just think, like, I just think my life would be monitored in a way that I don't like. Like, not only would I, like, everything I do would be judged not only by the people running the government, but also by people who live in that, like, sovereignty, which, like, absolutely makes sense and is the way that it should be. Um, But, like, having to live with that amount of scrutiny seems terrible. It does to me, too, but... It's balanced out, perhaps, by it's not just scrutiny for no reason. It's scrutiny because you have power. Yeah. So, you know, like, I think I know I know like Jacinda Arden isn't a not a royal, you know, she's a prime minister, but 
she has to live her life in a certain way under a microscope because she's a public figure. But on the other hand, look at the amazing stuff that she's been able to accomplish and the legacy she's left in the world and yeah. the people she's helped. You know? I would I would rather be prime minister than princess is what oh, I'm for sure. saying. Yeah. So like I would, I, would I if if it were a situation in which they were like you have four years to run this country and make it a better place. I would do that because then I would be like, maybe I can like, it's going to be a really intense four years, but maybe I can like make a change. And after that four years, I can just try to like find as much solitude as possible. That's what I would do. But if it was like for the rest of your life, you are going to be kind of a mascot for this country you know what i mean like you're not gonna have the power to pass legislation however if you do do things in the public eye it could impact diplomacy or legislation or how other countries view this country like to me it just is like not a lot of power for the amount of um judgment and you know eyes on you yeah, but you can leave if you hate it. You know, that's that's kind of what it is for me. It's like, I don't think I could just not even investigate this situation and not even claim it. I think I would have to sort of be like, okay, yes, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go spend a year over here in fake Monaco. And then if everything goes badly, I, you know, abdicate your responsibilities and the throne or whatever passes to some long last cousin and you're you know you come back to new york and you get rid of your responsibilities and that that way if you tweet something inflammatory it's just only hurts yourself but i still think even after you abdicate people knowing that you're like quote unquote worthy princess or whatever is gonna give you much more like attention like you can just you you can't unring that bell totally you know what I mean like once you're out there you're out there and I just wouldn't feel confident enough that I would like it yeah I I mean I I get what you're saying people are always gonna know who you are after that yeah you can't you can't not be somebody who was once in the public eye although I will say people have short memories (laughs) you know sure I mean I think like in New York City you could maybe not get that much attention like there are definitely celebrities who live here who like live a normal life like a slightly normal life well like i don't know who the princess of monaco is now yeah no that's what i mean i think in like america like you could like it could it's possible i just think like i don't know i just like wouldn't like the idea that like at any moment i could end up back in a tabloid lena like a where are they now sort of situation i don't i would feel like i failed at this thing I tried to do. Like, I think I might take abdicating it poorly. Like, I think that might be really hard for me to, like, walk away from a responsibility that I took on. But I would feel like I was sort of hiding my whole life if I knew this huge, crazy thing and then just didn't do anything about it or tell anyone about it. I feel like I I would have this weird secret, like, weighing on me all the time. And I think it would always be... I, like everybody I'd meet, I would want to be like, I'm also the princess of Monaco, but <laughs> then I couldn't do it. I would rather it just be sort of like, this is the truth of who I am. 
Yeah. And I didn't grow up in this place and I don't feel an allegiance to this place. And I went to this place and I learned about my heritage and then I came back because that's not my life. And you can tell because I make a silly comedy podcast. Like, you don't want me as your princess. Yeah. Again, I just, I think I'm very good at denial and I would just be like, nope, putting that in a box somewhere and we're never (laughs) going to speak of it again. And I just going to choose to believe that's not real. This is so interesting. I feel like we've swapped. I feel like we have like body swapped again because I feel like of the two of us, you're usually one much more comfortable with the idea of fame than I am. Two, of the two of us, you're usually more interested in the one that's going to give us, like, give you the most money. Yeah. And three, well, you're usually the one of us who's more curious and, like... Yeah. <laughs> well, what's also insane about my own brain is, like, if someone was like, would you marry the prince of a small European country? I would be like, yeah. What? I just don't want to be the no, because in my head, I could get divorced and just leave. And it's not like my birthright. But if Who someone cares was... about your birthright? It's 2021. Yeah, no. It, to me, it would be like, do I love him enough? And if I did, I would do it. But like knowing that like I am the royal is too much pressure. I'm like happy to be a plus one to royalty, but I don't want to be the royal. Oh, I feel like it would be worse the other way around. Because you're getting all the judgment. There's this beloved royal, and then here you are, the new person coming in, and what if people don't think you're good enough for him, or what if you're not pretty enough, or people don't like you enough, then you're in the tabloids all the time, because it's like, our beloved royal married this American nerd, you know? I was saying that about myself, not about you. I think American nerd is an apt description of both of us. Um, (laughs) I will will own that. Um, Okay. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I I understand that my thought process on this is not logical. Very understood that this is just like a weird Shelby situation. But like, yeah, there's just something about like feeling like, because like if I am just like this person's wife or whatever, it's just like I got lucky, you know, like dumb luck. We were in the right place at the right time. I just, you know, like, I sort of stumbled into great responsibility. I don't like the idea of being born into great responsibility. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I we really disagreed this episode. So, uh, yay me from a, a week ago writing these questions. We've also disagreed so much that we've we're like forty two minutes in, and I we've like answered like two questions. I know. I'm I'm shocked by this. I think. Usually we skip through things more quickly because <laughs> yeah. we agree. We agree. More. Okay, I'm going to see if we can get, like, give us a couple softballs. Yeah. Uh, I think we have three more questions I want to try to get through. Okay. Uh, and hopefully they won't. Speed round. Take, we'll, I mean, it doesn't have to be speed round, but we'll see. If you could play with any animal for an hour, what animal would you pick? Ah. Uh. Jeez. <laughs> this is not a speed round question. This That's gonna, what I meant. It's not. <laughs> it's going to take an hour's worth of thought. Yeah, it, it's not a speed round question. Yeah, I mean, the very first image that just popped into my mind was me playing with a puppy. And I think it, I just really want to play with a puppy right now. Um, but it could be any animal. Dolphin, whale, 
horse, elephant, hippo. Like, yeah, but yeah, but you're, pl- you're playing. A lot of these aren't going to play with you. Some of these would be dangerous to play with. Um, some they're but like not a, you cuddly. Could, you could pick a baby one. <laughs> a little baby hippo. Just kidnap a baby hippo for an hour and see if it I will am, cuddle you. I imagine it would be at like a sanctuary. Yeah, not just like in the wild. So I know this is going to sound weird because we all know, well, anyone who's listened to old episodes of this podcast knows how much I hate the ocean. Yeah. But also growing up, one of my favorite animals was dolphins. And I've mm-hmm. always, always, always wanted to swim with dolphins and I've never been able to before. If it's in one of those places that it's like you're not in the open ocean, I think it's I like would choose to play with dolphins because... I've seen videos of people doing it. It just looks like so much fun. And they're so smart. And they're so cute. And I want to. That's my choice. Yeah. It's a good choice. It, it's also the choice I thought you'd go with. Um, it Dolphin is on my list for sure. I don't know which TikTok video inspired this question. Like which <laughs> animal I was looking at and was like, oh, wow, I would cuddle with that animal or like play with that animal. I did recently see a video of people like kayaking in this area of the Pacific Northwest that gets a lot of like whales. And so like these whales were like, I don't know, bumping into these kayaks and stuff. And so like these kayakers were just like kind of swimming with this like family of whales. That's so cool. It was incredible. I mean, I'd be freaked out, but also just overjoyed. Yeah, I like if it if I could pick that, I would pick that. But also just like some horses. Like you love horses. This is I do. like your go-to animal choice. I like horses. I like the idea of whales. Ele- elephants would be elephants very would cool. Be I think right now in this moment in time and my answer may change, I'm going to go with whales. Like if I could go and like swim in an area where whales were and I knew it wasn't incredibly dangerous. Yeah, great. All right, dolphins and whales. We're kind of on the similar wavelength for that one. Okay, the next question um, is kind of a long question. So it's a multiple choice question, though. So that's oh, why it's okay. a little longer. So would you rather have a partner who, A, writes you sweet notes every morning before you wake up, B, enjoys cleaning the house and doing the laundry so you never have to help? Like, when you try to help, they're like, no, please, babe, I need a de-stress. Okay. C is a trained masseuse and gives you back rubs every day. Or D, all of the above. <laughs> I choose D. Thanks. <laughs> D, picks you up a small surprise every few days on their way home from work. Candy, flowers, etc. Just something they saw and thought of you. Or E, plans a thoughtful and fun date night for you every Friday. You're you're very creatively just asking me what is my love language here. Potentially. Yes. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that our hypothetical world was a good one. Yeah. I or love I had this. at least a little sliver of hope. I this is an excellent question that I'm excited to answer. Let me just try and remember what they are first. One, he writes you little notes in the morning. Yep. He does like acts of service for you like he cleans the house takes out the trash yeah well he enjoys doing all the cleaning and the laundry he gets you little gifts every day 
I think well, I'm missing the, C. The third one is trained masseuse. Oh, who? right. Physical touch. <laughs> and then he does, or he gets you gifts every day. And the last or one is quality time. And he's. It's um, fun date nights that he plans. Yes. Okay. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. I feel like I would choose B, which I hate to choose because I also kind of feel like it's going to be Shelby's answer. Um, well, I think we should rank these. So B is your okay. first choice. Yeah. Maybe C after that. <laughs> <laughs> you, that just this, sounds damn good. <laughs> this is the most Taurus answer of all time. They <laughs> clean and make your space immaculate, and then they just rub you. <laughs> I am who I am, okay? Yeah, for sure. That's so funny. At least I'm a consistent bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so B and then C. And then I feel like like uh, the date nights. Yeah, it's a good one. And then I feel like sweet notes and then small presents last. Oh, wow. Okay, we're different. We start the same. But <laughs> we end up different. Okay. Quick, quickly diverge. <laughs> um, this is really hard. I just want someone who does all of these things. I mean, I did try to give you a nice all of the above option and you rejected it. So... I think, yeah, I mean, this, I think this uh, show has to be a little bit harder than that. It's funny because for me, it's like almost easier to go from the bottom. Like, I immediately know which one's the worst one. (laughs) Which one is the worst one? Number one, I don't care about your sweet notes. (laughs) (laughs) This is not compelling to me. Keep your sweet words to yourself, mister. Yeah. And then after that, it's the masseuse thing. I like yeah. a back rub, but I don't need it. I feel like if I could have a boyfriend whose main responsibility in life was just playing with my hair and giving me head massages, that's all I would need. For, that's, yeah. That's mostly the only reason I even need a boyfriend anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sweet notes and then massages, which like, don't get me wrong, I would never pass it pass down a sweet note or a massage yeah they're Um, all great but the other ones seem better to me in a shocking turn of events i think i might go enjoys cleaning the house and doing laundry as your third yeah when i really think like from the bottom some acts of service yeah well the thing is like i love when my partner does it but like i don't need them to do all of it like oh I, well is that what it meant they do all of it i assumed yeah I did so. no oh, so they like they handle everything oh that would make me uncomfortable if i <laughs> if i could never reciprocate i mean i guess you could a little bit but like i don't like the to me that would create a weird imbalance that i wouldn't like okay well to me i just like i would rather have a partner who i mean i imagine like even if my partner didn't particularly love cleaning, we'd still do it 50-50. So, and that's, that I'm okay with. But, like, I would really, the the little surprise gifts and stuff would be so above and beyond. And, the, like, the thoughtful fun date nights would be just, like, I love a surprise, you know? Like, that would feel really like I was being pampered in a way. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think the cleaning of the house would be third. And then I think, to me, the date nights are also kind of an act of service, right? Like, it's not just like we're we're spending 
time together. It's like you've made a reservation or gotten yeah. tickets or like took the time to think of like a really interesting thing to do around the city. Like you're. Yeah, they took on some emotional burden by by doing the yeah, planning. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like quality time, but also like you've done a lot of the logistics of making it happen. Uh, so yeah, I think which usually quality time is my least one, but in this yeah. element. So yeah, but I think that's going to be my number one, and the the gift thing is going to be my number two. Wow, I know. The the, the thing about the gifts for me is I honestly getting gifts kind of makes me uncomfortable yeah which is why it's like my super number last yeah like getting gifts occasionally that are unexpected and sweet is wonderful and really nice and I'm really I would be really appreciated I feel like if it happened all the time I would just start to feel like I owed them or like they were trying to like buy my love a little or they were just I, I don't know. Again, it would sort of create like a weird imbalance. I would start to feel like I had to buy them a gift every day, you know? And Yeah, I wouldn't. And since that's not my love language, I don't think I would actually want to spend that much time trying to figure out what to get them for them every day, you know? So yeah, I feel like I would just, I, it would make me uncomfortable. Yeah, no, that's fair. I would love it. Just shower <laughs> me in treats and surprises. Um... So this is our last question. It's a would you still go out with them? You Excellent. go to a you go to a fortune teller with a few friends. The fortune teller gives your friends like very plausible fortunes, like things that it's like, oh, you're gonna marry a man named with a J name, and they're like three years deep into a, a relationship with a man named James. You know, like very like you're gonna have like a very strong, high powered career and they're just like finished law school or whatever, you know, like things right. like that. So your friends get very plausible fortunes. And then when they get to you, they tell you that you are actually their soulmate and you are fated to be together. Would you go out with them? I'm the soulmate of the fortune teller? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yes. So the fortune teller looks at you and is like I have been struck. I just know that we are fated to be together. You should go out with me next week. Listen, I do not know why this is my initial reaction. It's it's not it's not one of logic. My my initial reaction is like ew. <laughs> what a and- fucking line. <laughs> I was like, I would not fucking go out with a fortune teller. No, no, it's the line. It's the, you might as well have just been like, I can see in your fortune that it looks like you fell from heaven. Okay. You know, it's just like. Does it matter? Does it matter that like the fortunes he gave your friends were like really shocking and like seemed true? No. <laughs> I mean, okay. We have to. I need more information. Obviously, okay, we have sure. to set the scene right. a little bit. Let's dig in. I I would first of all say most of the fortune tellers I've met have not been 30-some-year-old attractive men, <laughs> single men. So is that the situation here? Like, what what are we looking at? He, This guy is a very, like, neutral-looking, age-appropriate man. 
So he's not super hot. Uh, he's attractive. Let's say, like, he's not the most attractive guy you've ever met, because met, we don't want to lean into, like, this whole, like, very stereotypical pickup line guy. But, like, he's, he, like, if you saw okay. him on a dating app, you'd probably swipe, right? Because if you had said he was super hot, it would have been another point against him in my book. So. Oh, really? Okay, that's what I thought, too, that if he was, like, super yeah. duper hot, it would be like, I don't believe you, you're going to try to right. steal my money. Yeah, I think, like, he just looks like a normal guy. Like, he's the kind of guy you'd be like, oh, he's pretty cute, and swipe right. If he, It would be, like, the kind of guy on a dating website where you look at his photos and you're unsure whether or not you're attracted to him, so then you read the rest of it, and then you're like, okay. It's, like, depending on his bio whether or not you're attracted to him. It kind of is a little context-dependent. Like, if we showed yeah. up here at this guy's place and – for some reason we had chemistry and we'd been flirting for the last half hour while he'd given my friends things and like if I felt any kind of attraction but I can't imagine part of this is I can't imagine going into a a, like a fortune teller's place and being like oh I'm really into this guy (laughs) you know I I'm not imagining there's going to be a whole lot initial attraction coming from my direction Right. So I feel like this is going to hit me a little out of the blue, at which point I feel like I would think it was suspect, like it was manipulative. The, the, the power that you hold in this situation is that you're trying to tell me something about like my life and my future and my fate. And you're inserting yourself into the narrative in a way that feels unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> unprofessional. Uh I mean, I think that's very valid. Those are very valid. I would go out with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, different Tell strokes. me why. Different. What if he's my soulmate? So you're not at all skeezed out about the sort of like, he's using his his position here to try to just like manipulate you into going on a date. Okay, so my perspective is best case scenario, he is my actual soulmate. Worst case scenario is he sucks. I've gone on plenty of dates with men who suck. (laughs) And I had way less reason to believe that they were my soulmate, you know? I So yeah, I would be like, if he was attractive enough, I would be like, okay, well, here's my number. Like, happy to get to know you, but like, maybe we can grab a drink sometime. And, like, that would be that. And, like, I'd go out with him and then I'd make my call from there. But, like, like would I marry him on the spot? Definitely not. Well, no. But, like, at worst case scenario is, like, he's a guy who finds me attractive and, like, wants to go on a date with me. And who so he's, like, like a, a line and tried to. Yeah, I mean, get- it's not the most eloquent way, but, like. I also see from the fortune teller's perspective, if I were a fortune teller and a dude walked in and I was like, wow, he's super hot. I want to shoot my shot. I'm going to give myself the best advantage. Are you telling me you would do this? (laughs) No, I mean, like, if I were a fortune teller, I would probably do my thing. And then at the end, I would be like, hey... I think you're really attractive. But, like, I don't know how you hit on a client as a fortune teller without it being weird because you're supposed to know what their future is. You know what I mean? So you're kind of convincing me a little bit insofar as it's just a date. And now there is a part of me that would be really curious. It's a great story. Just for the story. 
just yeah. to be like, okay, well, it was the most horrible date ever with the psychic exactly. who told me he was my soulmate. Uh, yeah, I can see myself maybe going on the date out of curiosity, just expecting it to be a train wreck and knowing that that's okay. But I do think I would have some initial skeezed out vibes. Yeah. That he I mean, would have to overcome hardcore. Yeah. I mean, I I think I would feel, I would be very taken aback for it first. And I would be like, haha. I would assume he was joking. My first <laughs> thought would be like, haha, no, really. And if he was like very adamant, like, no, like, I think we're meant to be, I would be like, okay, I'll give you a shot. Um, the problem, I think like the actual worst case scenario is this man is like unhinged and you go out on a date with him and he starts stalking you or something. Like this is not a pickup artist yeah. situation. It's like a, uh, you know, like a stalker situation. Like if he truly believes that you're his soulmate and then you go out on one date and then afterwards you're like, it's clear to me you're not my soulmate. Let's not do this again. And then he's not okay with that because in his mind, you're his soulmate. Yeah, I mean, that could be bad, but also, like, that could happen with any guy I go on a date with. I think it would probably end up being a tone of voice sort of situation where, like, does he sound crazy when he says he thinks I'm your soulmate or does it sound, does he seem normal in all other respects? But I do think I veered towards, like, all right, prove it. (laughs) Like, if you think so, show me show you know show me what you got we'll see i like gifts and i like quality time well you plan date nights yeah Yeah. exactly i keep in my brain i keep flip-flopping back and forth and back and forth and back and forth about this because i really think it would depend so much on the context what kind of connection i felt i had with him how his demeanor had been i mean also like is he going full scam artist here you know is he wearing like how much Just is like he... he looks like a normal dude okay but there's something a little scam artisty to begin with right and then taking this unprofessional turn so i think i'm starting off with like a negative he's got some negatives to overcome here yeah and i'm not sure if i would be interested in enough maybe i would just give him my phone number and be like okay like if you want to facetime sometime because that's like acceptable now. That's true. You know, like I could see myself being like, I don't know. I just, I, I think I would be too curious. Because also to me, it's like a data point of like, if he's not my soulmate, then all of my friends' fortunes are maybe not going to come true. And so like, you know what I mean? Like, I just would want to know if he was for real or not. Oh, see, I kind of already just assumed they aren't going to come true. I think I'm more swayed by the fact that my friend's predictions seemed really spot on. Where I'm like, oh, maybe this guy has, like, knows what he's talking about. I think I'm partially being swayed by the fact that I don't believe in soulmates. Oh, yeah, that's fair. So that it's you're just like, hard for me to be like, I, I don't think that what he's saying is objectively true. Because I don't believe with the basic premise of what you're saying, you know? You're saying it's true that you're my soulmate. And I'm like, I don't even believe in soulmates, let alone that you're my soulmate. So it's just a question of, like, how curious I am about this guy and how I read his motivations in the moment based on the circumstances and the tone. Yeah. But but the way that I feel just right now, I don't think I'd go out with him. Okay. I mean, right now, I think I would be like, what the heck? Couldn't I could see that. It would be a better story. Yeah. 
I mean, I've gone on so many dates for the story. This would not be new. And it could it could be really fun because you could just get him to like make more predictions about your life all night. Kind of like a free reading, you know? L- literally. I would just ask it. Like I, ch- I treat every date like an interactive documentary. Just like <laughs> tell me about your life. How did you get here? What are your biggest hopes and fears? Where do you see yourself in five years? Who loved you more, your mother or father? Uh, you know, like probably inappropriate questions, frankly, to ask a stranger. But <laughs> that's the energy I'm bringing to the table. Who loved you more, your mother or your father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great one, right? <laughs> that's a that's a doozy. We might have to do another. Would you still go out with him? Question in another week where. <laughs> The person says that to you and you have to decide whether you still go out with them again. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a good one. Um the thing is like I would ask that question, but I would not go out with someone again who asked who asked me that, you question. that question. <laughs> I'm ruining next episode, but I that's <laughs> they have poor boundaries. So, I don't know what that says about me, but we will be exploring it no further. So should we talk about our hypothetical worlds? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'm wearing all chartreuse, and I'm not a princess, uh, and I'm playing with some whales. <laughs> <laughs> In your chartreuse ba- uh, bathing suit? Yeah, and the, and I it turns out that fortune teller was my soulmate, and he loves planning date nights. So really things worked out for me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they worked out for me okay, because... I'm a princess of a small yeah, country. Yeah, <laughs> And you wear sneakers all day, every day. But they're very in fashion now because you're the princess. I'm the princess, which means I'm really the trendsetter. So now everyone yeah. has these sneakers. I wear them all the time. It's kind of my thing. Also, my feet are very comfortable. You play and with your royal dolphins all the time. My own stable of royal dolphins. It's funny to me that you're so wealthy, but you still make your boyfriend clean your castle. Well, I don't make him. He offers. <laughs> he just loves cleaning the castle. <laughs> he just likes it. It's just, he's it's uncomfortable with he's under he's uncomfortable with all the paid help and really likes to uh, clear his head with some. I'm also a princess who feels uncomfortable getting gifts. So yep. let's see how that that works that out. Goes, yeah. And my boyfriend is a professional masseuse. And not a professional psychic. So that worked out for me very, very well, actually. It's funny how I was like, oh, yeah, I have a really great hypothetical world. And then you were like, well, I'm a princess. And I was like, (laughs) wow, some way she still made it better than mine. I mean, I'm Um, a princess dating a professional masseuse who loves to clean like this hypothetical world worked out for me hardcore you are welcome um (laughs) thank you um well that's all we got for you today folks if you enjoyed this episode of arguments about nothing please uh rate review on whatever platform you're listening on um if you have questions you'd like to hear on the show feel free to dm us on instagram at arguments about nothing or email us at arguments about nothing at gmail.com Yeah, and we'd like to thank everyone for listening. We'd like to thank Allison Fields for designing our logo. And uh, we would like to thank The Fall for providing 
are providing us with all of the yummy apple-based things. Literally, praise be. Um, and until next time, keep fighting. <laughs>